Welcome to the best of sold-out sports talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Today's show will feature interviews with Australian Olympic volleyball player Christy Makatupo and heavyweight boxing champ Deontay Wilder. Visit fspn.net for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, talking with Australian volleyball Olympian Christy Makatupo, here's Roman Gabriel III. Our guest coming in today is a, is a former uh, volleyball Olympian in 2000 uh, for Australia. Uh, she currently it teaches and helps young uh, volleyball players through the Endeavor Com Academy and has aspirations to do something that really has never been done before, which is to qualify for Australian volleyball uh, beach volleyball for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Found her on Instagram. I'm always looking for interesting guests to come in all the way from Australia. Christy Mokatupu. How are you, Christy? Hi, Roman. I'm very good. Thank you for having me on your show. You know, uh, we... Whenever, whenever I'm looking around for interesting guests, um, you know our our show is all about faith, family, and sports, and all about what athletes do to, with their platform to give back. And you have a, you have an incredible background. So tell tell me how you know you started your professional life at 14 years old. You had the opportunity to receive a scholarship to the Australian Institute of Sport. How did that come up for uh, opportunity for women's volleyball? Um, yes, yeah, so I got scouted at the age of uh, 12. And they actually wanted me down to play for the Australian team at 13. But my coach at the time said, no, she's too young. Um, so at 14 years old, I moved away from home to go train full-time with the Australian women's national team. And I am still the youngest uh, volleyball Olympian for Australia. I was 17 at the time. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Ever. So, yeah. So what is it about volleyball, Christy, that uh, got you interested in, 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 you obviously have a great passion for it, so is this something that runs in your family athleticism, or is it just, is just something that you that you had yourself and, and went after? Uh, it does, actually, because my uh, my first cousin is Robert Whitaker, and he's a UFC champion. Um, so I think from my mum's side, we probably get it, because my mum and his mum are sisters. So it, it definitely is. But out of my five siblings, I definitely um, probably got most of the sporting talent, even though I did start volleyball because my older sister was really, really good at volleyball. So how did you guys fare in that 2000 Olympics, the Australian women's volleyball team? Uh, we came ninth. We were a relatively uh, young team at the time. We'd only been trained together three years. And we were playing against some girls that, you know, they were the best in the world and been playing for years. Uh, but I think we, we did well for what we had at the time. Okay, so Australian Institute of Sport, uh, coming from a professional football background, um, you know, we did it 365 a year. It was regimented. It, it was it was controlled. Uh, and similar to what you're saying, the best athletes had the opportunity to train and go forward. Um, tell me about how it works with the Australian Institute of Sport. Yes, um, well, I spent all my teenage years down there, 14 to 20, I was at the Australian Institute of Sport, and it is, you know, it's world class. It has got the best of the best there, the best physios, the best um, sports medicine, sports psychology. Um, they have a live-on residence, they, you know, nutrition specialist, recovery. They've got literally the best of the best. So when an athlete gets a scholarship down there, 
um, you literally get taken care of with some of the best technology in the world. It's amazing. You're going to try to do something that uh, you know we were talking about before you came on that really has never been done, and that is to to train and to uh, make this Olympic team again for Tokyo in 2020. So tell us about your plans there and, and, and what makes you think you can do it. I love it. Great question. <laughs> it was not something that happened overnight. It's a two-year decision. It's taken me two years to just draw that line in the sand and go, right, I'm just going to do it. Um, because I do a lot of business and charity work, and I was really getting started and just about to switch into coaching. And I thought, you know what, I'm 34. If I'm ever going to do it, it's now or never. Business, charity, I can do that forever. But beach volleyball, I've only literally got a, probably a three-year window uh, to 37. And then once you get over 37, you know, it's really, really hard to, to stay at that um, elite level. So I thought, well, I'm just going to drop, not drop everything. I'm just going to slow everything right down. And I'm just going to turn my focus and attention to beach volleyball and give it a go because um, my story with drug addiction, I think it's just going to be a huge testimony to um, help and inspire a new generation of athletes around the world. And also my son and other children, uh, there's, there's a much bigger picture than just me by myself playing Olympic Games again. There's a huge story behind it that um, for me is, can really impact the youth, which is what I'm really passionate about. Christy Mokatupa, if you want to find out about her on Instagram, it is uh, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, Mokatupu, yes. M-O-K-O-T-U-P-U, uh, on Instagram. You can check out all of her stuff that's going on. And, and you know, I, what I love was your description that you gave me on there and that you have on your Instagram page, and I'll just say it really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus follower, mother, Olympian, anti-drug advocate, philanthropist, entrepreneur, public speaker, and I love this last one, and youth liberator. So why don't, I, why don't we go down the line and you give me a brief answer about uh, what it's all about with this stuff. First of all, the first one you put up there, which I love, is Jesus follower. Um, everything I have in my hand today was because of that decision to follow Jesus uh, four years ago. And everything I'm doing today, if someone had told me this boy's girl, I said, there's no way I'm going to play volleyball again. There's no way I'm going to do this and start this Fest ministry. All this stuff I've done, I would have said no way. But with Jesus, um, you know, he just put so many things made it possible. So I always start with Jesus first with everything that I do. And we got mom second. I'm a mom. I have an eight-year-old son, and I was 25 when I had him. And uh, he's almost nine, and he's uh, I've got great support. I'm a single mom, but my ex and I are great friends. And uh, he's moved on with a lovely American woman. Um, so we all we get along, and um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful peace and love around our son. Very lucky. And then we've got Olympian. 2000 Olympian, yes, 17. You know what I love about it though is 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 the first three are exactly what our show is all about: faith, family, yes. passion. And uh, you have it in order, and that uh, that's definitely obvious why your life is is going so well, and why thing why things are going in the right direction. Because it's kind of hard to fail when you have it in that order. Thank you very much, man. Thank you, thank you. I agree. Well said. Anti drug advocate, philanthropist, entrepreneur, public speaker, youth liberator. What's that all about? Come on, <laughs> bring it on. My anti drug advocacy is really important to me, so I started Candy. Candy Fest Ministry, because I need Christ in order to do all my work. And then I founded the Wonder Organization, um, which is all about my anti-drug advocacy. And what it is, is I'm always going to, because of my testimony, I'm always going to fundraise towards drug solutions, 
And so I've created a platform for high-profile and elite athletes and Olympians around the world uh, to join a cause. And as I was doing it, like, yes, I had money. I was using my own money. And then, you know, money eventually is going to keep running out. You just keep pouring it in because you're so passionate. Uh, so I said, well, I have to start businesses to fund uh, my my charities and my hobbies and all my anti-drug advocacy. Um, my ex is actually very successful in drag racing. He has a successful crane company. And um, so I just looked at his, the way he's, his business plan. <laughs> and I thought I'm going to do exactly the same. We just want to have successful businesses that are going to fund my uh, charity work and anti-drug advocacy because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen down the track. It's getting much harder out there. Um, people want to give, but they don't have money to give. Um, so it's just kind of like a backup plan. So I, that's why I kind of have charities a huge part, but so is a business to fund the charities, and it's definitely a long-term vision. <laughs> okay, so for anybody out there that wants to help your effort to, to, to fund, first of all, liberating those that, that do get involved with drug use and, and, and are obviously uh, it's a terrible, terrible chain, and, and for some people that can be a lifestyle that continues. And what you're trying to do is to reach younger people, younger generations, similar to what we do with our program, to educate them that if you make the decisions right first, you're going to avoid a lot of pain. So, so where do they go if they want to if they want to give give some to this? Yes, they can just contact me via my social media channels on all my social media channels: Facebook, Instagram. I respond to as many people as I can uh, with you know when people send me messages. So through social media. Uh, there's links everywhere to contact me. I'm very, I'm very accessible. Accessible. Okay, so so we know your Instagram page is Christy C R C H R I S T I E uh, Moko Tupu uh, M O K O T U P U. So what's your Twitter account? C Moko Tupu. Okay, good. And uh, Facebook. And Facebook is my name again, Christy Moko Tupu. I've got a private and a public, but I kind of use both of them as public. Don't really post much family stuff. It's more all my public work. Um, but interesting fact, my dad named me after Christy Brinkley. Oh, really? He was awesome. a huge, huge fan of hers in the 80s. He just loved her. I think well, we I all were. All of us guys were fans of hers, I think. Obviously, you have, you have continued to win this battle with drug addiction. Tell me, tell me about how you got involved with it, and it, was it the pressure of being so young in an athletic situation, or was it just something you said you decided to want to do? How did it come about, and, and how did you, how did you uh, realize you had a problem and, and overcome it? Um, yeah, great question. I think it's really important uh, to answer this because, you know, I, I always go back to why, and I keep asking myself why, because it's important we find out why so that we speak to the youth you know, about, you know, things to trigger points or things to look out for. And so I was pretty much, these are the reasons. I was bored and I wanted to have fun. I finished my Olympic career at 20 and because um, I was burnt out. Um, so I walked away, but then I became bored and then I wanted to have fun. Um, so I think those two things right there that we need to look at for the youth and, um, you know, take notice of if they're not doing much, or um, and also when they want to start to experiment, they go, oh, I want to start to have fun now, I want to explore that. Um, that's when it can get very risky because um, we get offered drugs continually. And even now I still get offered drugs. People don't know what I do and who I am. So you ne- they're never going to stop getting asked to take a drug. Um, so it's important we speak to them and to tell them they're going to get asked 
take drugs and to recognize that they're most vulnerable um, when they want to have fun, when they're bored, or when they're depressed and down. Well, one of the things uh, that you said I think that's so important is is that uh, you were busy. Uh, you had a goal. Um, you had your eyes yeah. on the prize as an Olympian, and you had yeah. very little free time. And what happens, as you just said, with our young people today is is that they do have too much free time, many of them. And uh, when you have too much free time, you have a tendency to uh, try things that you would never do because you don't have accountability and uh, you don't yeah. you don't have a purpose. And, you know, one yeah. of the things that you mentioned that's so important, you know, is if we can give kids hope and a passion for their talents and abilities to go out there and find it and go after it and realize that no matter what your background, no matter what your mistakes, no matter what your family situation, that you do have controls mm -hmm. uh, over your future and what you want to accomplish. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Well, Christy Tupu has been with us on Sold Out Sports Talk. And, Christy, we wish you nothing the best. We look forward to visiting with you in your quest to make the 2020 Olympics. Thank you. Back on Sold Out Sports Talk. You're listening to a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with heavyweight boxing champ Deontay Wilder. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. Roman Gabriel III, your host, and uh, Deontay Wilder is the WBC champion, and boy, has he gotten it done, knockouts in 97% of his fights. He's also a bronze medalist uh, in the Olympics, which is very rare, Beijing in 2008. So, Deontay, welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. It's great to have you in. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, um, I'm very happy to be here. Now, I'm looking at you. I a lot of heavyweight champs might be a little thicker, but you're you're lean and mean. I mean, uh, most uh, definitely. So, lean, what's your weight? I'm lean and mean, slick and quick, agile, mobile and hostile, baby. <laughs> you know, my weight. I'm walking around probably about two thirty. So, when you fight, like, is that so when I when I fight it? My my, it, it, I got a my body is so strange. Right. You go up and down all the time. My last fight was at um, two twenty eight. So I'm always round about up in 220, 220, uh, 7, 8, something like that. The highs of my career have been like 232. I think I ate a lot that month or something. So tell me, uh, obviously you represent your country, and, you know, anybody who medals in the Olympics is uh, – tell me about tell me about that experience and about what that was like for you. Oh, man, it was an amazing um, experience to represent your country. You know, especially – I could, you know, when people ask me about the Olympics – the first thing that come to mind is when we had to go down the tunnel, um, when people when we was being announced, the all the countries was being announced, and that that feeling was 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 unreal. You know, it's something that you can't put words on. You know, you've seen so many mixed emotions, uh, people's crying, people high fiving, you know, hugging each other when they said U.S. of A. You know, it was it was. It was a wonderful feeling to represent the United States of America and walk out and see all your all the people's the, the other athletes besides you representing that country in different sports, man. Well, I'm excited for you because when you have that uh, platform of being an Olympic champion and a WBC heavyweight champion, I mean, uh, your platform to kids and opportunities that you get to impact people's lives. Um, tell me about um, how you do that and, and, and maybe what your passion is in terms of, of using 
the fame and the opportunity that you've worked so hard to get and how, how you make use of that. Well, definitely. You know, you definitely have not not only kids but adults as well, too, you know, this, that, that looks up to me. And I, I find out each and every day, you know, because I'm just a simple guy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't worry about who knows me and who don't, you know. I just go around, but it's so many people looks up up, up to me, and um, it's almost you just. I'm a very positive person, so my message is always to to kids or adults or anything, you know, to, to surround yourself by positive positivity. Yes, you know, never allow negative to come into your life or yes. your surrounding. Even with the people, you always even when, if people come and speak negative, you correct them. And you say you can and you will. And stop saying I can't and I won't or, or right. it's too late and stuff like that. So I, you're a big believer in what comes out of your mouth comes true. The power of the tongue. Yeah. Speak what you want. You can speak all things in existence. And I do believe you can speak whatever you want in existence to happen. It don't come when you want it. But I say God is an on-time God. He make things happen at the right time. And when they do happen, it's the right time. Um, tell me about, uh, you mentioned the word God. What does faith, family, and sports mean to you? Oh uh, man, you know, all, all all three of those things is how I live my life. Faith, family, and sport. You know, without the faith, you can't have a strong family. And even even with facing the uh, and with without family, the sports sometimes is is irrelevant because you know you have that so much big support from family. You know, to 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 keep you driven to to, um, to drive you to be great. With the faith yes. comes the strong family, and with the family comes uh, for you to perform in your sport. Because if it wasn't for my daughter, my sport wouldn't be relevant to me. I wouldn't show so much passion as I do as a champion. I promised her when she was one years old, I looked in the eye and said, Daddy's going to be a world champion, and I'm going to be able to support you beyond your belief. But if it wasn't for that little girl, boxing would have never – I wouldn't have found so, boxing at so all. So tell me about where you're from. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Okay, so you're an Alabama guy. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. So are your parents in Alabama? Correct. Tell me about uh, your parents and about how uh, their influence impacted your career today. Well, you know, my mother and father are, are definitely two opposite sides of, uh, uh, of people. But, you know, one thing about my parents, that they always showed us love. Right. They always, you know, showed us how to work hard at what we want, especially my father. You know, always show how to save your money, work hard, oh, yeah. you know, and um, be yourself. That's the main thing you say, be yourself. You know, if if, if you're a crowd around a, a hundred people and if something's not funny, don't laugh at it yeah. just because of who it is. Don't don't laugh at it. You be your own person. He always stated that. And, you know, we may not have the best of the best of things, but we definitely was taught to love everyone, you know, no matter where they were, who they were or where they was from, you know, to love everybody and and that was made it made us strong made us who we are um, Deontay Wilder's WBC heavyweight champion and uh, uh one of the things that I see in boxing is you know you can't just be a great fighter it takes being a great promoter being an entertainer in some fashion being able to get people to come out to your fights Most definitely. but what's interesting is is that's kind of a persona I see a real unique and I see a very sincere young man in front of me but uh, when you put on that face for the boxing, you got to be able to do a little acting, a little soap opera, right? Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, you know, you you got to be able to promote, like you yeah. said, you got to be able to have a mouthpiece to be able to promote a fight, um, to get people hyped up, to get them to believe in you. You know, if if just say if me and you was about to brawl and and you're in my face and you're you're, you're talking thing. 
first you done got everybody attention. Now people want to crowd around to right. see what's going on. Now, if you're passionate about what you say, if you feel what you say inside, now what you just done, you got everybody else believing that you were able to do what you said you're going to do to me. Now you got people on your side, even though I'm the champ of the world, now they're going to doubt me because they, you, you're, your your talk is much stronger than mine's, and now they believe it. So it's very it's very powerful and strong to to be able to promote and brand yourself. When you won the heavyweight championship on January fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, this is pretty cool. The birthday of Muhammad Ali mm. and Martin Luther King. Wow, yes, yes. that yes. is so cool. Uh, man, you know, and uh, Muhammad. When Ali did is, you find that out? Well, you know, it was told it was told to yeah. me, um, um, especially on Muhammad. You know, that's Muhammad Ali. Right. Birthday, you know, Martin Luther King birthday actually is uh, I think the fifteenth. Either fifteen or sixteen, yeah. but it's still up in that same. Well, who did time you frame. look up to in uh, boxing world? Who was uh, your Muhammad hero? Ali was Muhammad my all-time Ali. favorite, all-time favorite. All that's time. why it was so. It, that was. That's and you're why. so young. That's amazing because when his career was around, how old are you? I'm thirty. Okay, so so you were real, real young at yes. the end of his career. Yes. Now I grew up in his prime, watching him when I he was when he came out of prison uh, uh, from the military and mm. came back to fight Frazier uh, the, uh, the, the 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 first time for pay per view was I believe nineteen seventy six. I was a sophomore in high school wow. and they people packed out theaters to come watch wow. Frazier and Ollie fight that first fight. And that was my recollection growing up. The heavyweight championship was was unified and it was a big deal was and you watched up. it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean what Frazier, Norton, you know, all these great fighters. So why is it important for you to see this unified? Because now you have, like you said, the IBF, the WBO, uh, you know, it's splintered so much. How hard can it be? Lennox Lewis did it last time, and, and can it happen is what I'm saying for it's, you. It's, it's definitely, it definitely can happen, and uh, you're correct. Lennox Lewis was the last one to do it. That was 1999. Um, it definitely can happen, and I think it's in arm reach now as well, too. You know, it just dividing these belts up so much and you know i think whoever become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world that's when their real true stardom um happens for them and what other person to have is deontay wilder and being an american you know everybody loves an american champion and um i think that i'm i've already brought the excitement back in heavyweight boxing with just my knockouts alone and um, just imagine being the undisputed heavyweight champion, having all the belts. Well, there's one thing you got going for you, Dante. You know, one thing about boxing is people love to see the knockout. Definitely. They love the big hitter, and uh, that's what I used to love. Is you, you know, that danger of man on one shot, somebody mm-hmm. can catch you. That's it. And uh, you've got that power. It looks like you, you know, your body. You've got the perfect body to do what you're doing. It's like God made you for boxing. Oh, most definitely, it was a calling for me. Definitely a calling for me, and. Um, and, and power is, you, you're born with it. Either you have it or you don't. Right. In the heavyweight division, you don't have to have no skill because when you have that eraser, that power, no one's safe in the ring, you know, until the, until the end, until the 12th round and the, and, the, and, the, and the clock says zero. I work with young people all the time in junior highs and high schools, and one of the things that they tell me, and every time I speak to them, is, is they tell me that they have dreams and goals. They tell me that they have things they want to accomplish in their life. And then we ask them the real question. What are you willing to do to do it? What are you willing to do to get it? What are you willing to sacrifice for what you want? Um, look in that camera for me and tell our students out there that we work with, what is, why is it important, number one, to have a dream and a goal? And then number two, what do you have to do to get it? Well, for all the students that's going to be looking and listening, you know, it's very important to have a goal and a dream to establish that. Having a goal and a dream is something that gives you guidance in life. So when you when you pass high school when you when you're out of college you should already have that goal and dream already uh, 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 
being able to establish that and look forward. So when you get into the real world, which I mean, once you pass whether high school or whether you go to college, after that, you should apply everything that you want to set forth to your goal and dream. Anything is possible. Nothing is ever out of reach. If you believe and trust in God, you know all things are possible. Trust and believe. Surround yourself by positive people, people that are saying you can and you will and not I won't and I can't because you don't want to hit it. If you, if you surround yourself by negativity, then you will become negative. But if you surround yourself by positive thinking, positive people, you will be a positive person. And once you be a positive person, all your goals and dreams will come too. And you never know who's looking up to you. So give it your all. Give it your best. Never settle yourself for, for, for less. Always feel that it's, it's something higher I can do or accomplish. And once you set that goal and dream and you, get, you, you find yourself accomplishing that, I promise you it's going to be the greatest feeling in the world. And once you accomplish one, you're going to have two and three more things that you want to do. And it should be a never-ending thing until you say, hey, I'm good. My life is great. I can settle down. I can live life, and I'm happy. Whatever makes you guys happy. I think I'm ready to go out and get after that for that. You're a motivational speaker. We need to get you on the air all the time. Deontay Wilder is the WBC champion and uh, looking very soon to try to unify and become the only heavyweight champion of the world. But, uh, Deontay, thanks for stopping by Sold Out Sports Talk. I appreciate your words. and. Uh, Nothing but the best uh, as you go forward, and uh, thank you for uh, your appreciation for where you're at and what you can do for others. Thank you very much uh, for coming anytime. in. Anytime. Thank you guys for having me. And always keep supporting faith, family, and sports. Deontay I like Wilder, I like that. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.